Are you guys ready up there? Welcome to the Women in Film and Television Ireland podcast. Uh, we're joined by Eileen Jarrett from Indiegogo's crowdfunding. She is going to, first of all, do a presentation for us just uh, to cover all things crowdfunding to help us raise money for our films. And also, uh, I just wanted to just do a little bit of housekeeping before we kick off, if that's okay. If you haven't already, you can go ahead and you can submit your film to the Short Film Showcase. And we have an event on, on the 20th of July, which is Greater Later. And that is going to be something to watch. And finally, if you're not eligible to join Women in Film and Television, um, but you'd like to donate, we now can log on to Buy Me a Coffee. So if you want to have a look at that, uh, Smithy is going to send out links to everyone on this uh, podcast today with uh, links to the presentation and to some other information about crowdfunding. So I'm just going to hand over to Eileen now. And um, Eileen, before you uh, do the presentation, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. And, and I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. You're an amazing organization, as we all know, as filmmakers, particularly women in film, that we it takes a village. We really need to support each other and lift each other up. And so I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. I'm happy to be here. So my my background is in documentary film. I started in this wonderful documentary storytelling world and then came to the wall that a lot of us come to where I'm like, how am I going to film my, my or how am I going to fund my film? And so I was applying for loads of grants and getting more no's than anything I've seen. I could decorate a whole wall with the no letters and thinking, okay, well, what does this mean as a filmmaker? Is this some kind of indicator that I shouldn't be a filmmaker? Or is this just mean that there's got to be an alternative route to get my film funded? And that is about the time, I'm going to date myself, when crowdfunding really started to become a thing. So crowdfunding in itself is go has allowed me to fund all of my productions, all of my creative works. And that sort of got me on the path of helping other creatives that were friends and colleagues and then out farther. that were doing creative, beautiful work, but we're running into the same problem. How do I get this started? How do I fund this? How do I get this out to the world? And crowdfunding sort of was a good answer for all of that. It also, as a filmmaker, was a really great way for me to narrow down my idea. So, yeah, that's a bit about me. I have been working on uh, topics around the Icelandic constitutional reform process, which was really based in citizen engagement. So I think if you want to get thematic, you could see maybe a thread being sewn between crowdfunding and citizen engagement and working together. And, of course, the wonderful work that you're doing. So that's kind of a baseline for me. I am sitting in a very gloomy, coffee-drenched Seattle today, but very happy to be speaking with you in Ireland. Um, I have offered some uh, resources that I think that we're going to be putting in both the chat and sending out as an email to the um, to the whole network, uh, as well as an email directly to me. So if you're popping in and out of this podcast today and you are thinking, how do I get the answers specifically for my questions? please reach out to me. Very accessible. That's why I'm here. Uh, Indiegogo has brought me onto their team. Now, Indiegogo is a crowdfunding platform. Indiegogo has brought me on their team to find a way of uh, 
communicating with the artistic communities globally, finding out what we actually need, what kind of support we need to do crowdfunders before uh, we as artists were often sort of left on our own to figure out this crazy world of crowdfunding. And it doesn't have to be like that. There's a lot of uh, formulas and support in place to help you guide through the process. So with that said, I've prepared a little presentation. I promise you, I try to make it as not boring as possible for all of you watching on video. Uh, you'll be able to follow through, but this will just kind of help us go through the main questions that people often ask. What is crowdfunding? Now, maybe a lot of you already listening to this have a really excellent handle on what crowdfunding is. Good on you. For those of us just kind of getting into this world of crowdfunding, crowdfunding is a platform. Now, there's a few different platforms that exist. I personally am with Indiegogo, but it's a platform for you to propose a concept. Now, that could be a um, a pitch for a script. It could be that you're about to go into production. It could be even that you have this film in the can and now you don't know what to do with it. So it could be a path for distribution. So there's a lot of different iterations of how one could use crowdfunding. In essence, it's a way to raise attention to your project and to raise funds if you're like boil it down to its basis. I work with a lot of different kinds of artists. So we're going to be talking about specifically film today, but if anybody's coming in and you're an artist of a different discipline, please know that there's support there for you too. Um, so this is just kind of a high level look at some of uh, the numbers of artists that we've had come in through Indiegogo specifically. So you can see so many thousands of artists have realized their projects with the help of crowdfunding. <laughs> this is a bit of an exhaustive list. And I will tell you, I also used AI for this. They were very helpful in getting some of the ideas out that I hadn't thought of. But we've seen fundraising and crowdfunding used for gallery showings, for if you um if you want to rent out a theater and show your film, if you want to travel and tour with your film. Myself, I did a documentary called Blueberry Soup. And I used crowdfunding to get funds to go to community centers and universities all throughout Europe. So it helped me do an educational tour for my film, made all the difference for the next steps in my career. And I'll see use crowdfunding to, um, let's say that all you have is your storyboards and you're looking to hire a scriptwriter, or maybe you need to, um, to get a little bit of a trailer together. Really the sky's the limit. And as we know, as storytellers, it's all about how clearly can you communicate your story and compel that story to your audience. Uh, this is a, for all of you that are just listening, here's a breakdown of some of the ways that I think that specifically filmmakers can use crowdfunding. So you could use that. I'm going to go through the list for all of you listening. It's a way to publicly launch a next project, raise necessary funds. It's a streamlined process for your marketing and distribution and fundraising. It engages with a fan base and it can grow new community supporters. It also is an authentic way to share your creative vision and as a, a way to maintain artistic control and ownership. Now, I think the last two are really important to talk about together. We as filmmakers really know what it feels like to have these sort of imposing voices on how long your film should be, where should your film be, what, what should your film be about, who's the main character, like just a lot of opinions, and you feel in your heart what your story really is. I think without sounding too much like an evangelical for crowdfunding, the crowdfunding gives you an opportunity really to speak truly to what your vision is and to get the support that you need without altering that for these are other like larger funding bodies. No shame to the larger funding bodies that help a lot of us through. Uh, but this is a way for you to 
to kind of stick to what you really want to make. And this next slide for all of you listening is sort of a high level look when you're like, okay, well, how much, how much money could you really raise on crowdfunding? And you see there's a wide array here. We have a web series that raised almost $900,000. We had Super Troopers too, for all you Super Troopers fans that raised uh, over 4 million. We had a really beautiful publication, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. We also supported the Star Trek uh, Voyager documentary. For all you Trekkies out there, I know you probably already knew about this, but as an example, I'd like to call that one out. So anyone that's wondering, what is a really good template for building my crowdfunding campaign? What should it look like? What are the videos? What kind of rewards? The Star Trek Voyager documentary, I think, is a beautiful template for that. You can just Google search that and it'll come right up. Um, and you can also see other iterations, like we had someone raise 150000 for an album, there's a podcast and a dance studio. This one is also one that I'll call out. It's K-I-N-J-A-Z Dojo. It was a dance team that was able to fund a location for their practice space and also open up as a community dance space. Um, I think that that is a brilliant example of a well-articulated crowdfunding campaign. So even though it's not film, it is really good at telling their story. Okay, so I know really probably why all of you are here today is, okay, Aileen, cut the fat. What is the steps that I need to take to actually launch my crowdfunder? Now, this is very simplistically put, but I want to tell you that we also, again, have a guidebook for you that is free. That is a link that went out to the whole network that is step-by-step um, -step, so that you can take this in small bites rather than trying to swallow the sun. But I will go through some of the, the top-level things with you here. So first, create a plan. I will tell you one of the most heartbreaking things about my job is watching beautiful ideas ill-prepared go and launch. So you see these amazing films by amazing filmmakers and they just die in the water in their crowdfunder. And it's only because of prep. It has nothing to do with the quality of their idea. So create a plan. What are you raising your funds for? Be explicit as you can. It's okay if you can't do dollar for dollar. People don't need to see that. But maybe give them a concept that you have done your research and you know this is how much it's going to cost to be on location. This is how much um, my pre-production is going to cost. Go through and really try to break down what you already know. Give people confidence in you. Uh, how much do you need is another great question. A lot of crowdfunders, people try to shoot for the moon. And that's not necessarily the best idea. Try to be realistic and a little conservative in your initial raise amount because that will help people say, oh, that's attainable. $40 million, maybe not so much, but, you know, 400000 maybe we'll get closer, 40000 even better. <laughs> you can reach out to me. I'm happy to break down those costs with you and give you some examples of films like yours that have raised on crowdfunders and how they've done by setting different budgets. Now, this, I think, is the most important thing I might say to you today is, who is your market? Who are going to be your backers? Is it your old neighbor? Is it your best friends? Is it your uh, Instagram following? Is it people that are in the horror film genre? Is it people that love documentaries that are focused on the environment? Think about who it is. Now, I think a problem that we have sometimes as filmmakers initially is we think everyone in the world is going to love my film and everyone in the world needs to know about it. Now, that might be true sometimes, and I hope that is for you, but let's narrow it down for the crowdfunding sake. Let's let's help your market find you 
And that will make it so that you're not pulling your hair out while you're running your crowdfunder and wasting energy. Um, how can your current network help you? We get really shy with crowdfunders. We get really nervous about asking for help. So what can you do taking deep breaths, drinking lots of water to break through that? You are an artist. You are bringing something beautiful to the world. I believe in you. Everyone on this call believes in you. Your friends and your family, all of these people believe in you. So give us a chance to know that your project exists. That means sending messages out individually on all of your crowd, uh, all of your social media uh, pages. Just a simple ask, could you help me? Here's my link. Um, calling up people ahead of time, your friends and family. If I launch a crowdfunder, will you help me spread the word? Calling up your local film agency and organizations saying, if I launch a crowdfunder, will you help me get it out? Uh, have, have a launch party. Bring everybody that you love together at the pub and just like maybe say, hey, we're going to launch officially. Everyone get your phones out and please just donate $5 or donate what you would have bought a beer for. <laughs> Find creative, beautiful ways of getting people rallied because that energy isn't going to just fund your production. It's also going to fund you as a creator and it's going to give you the energy that you need to get through these next steps. Um, so as you see there, for those of you that are watching, there's a pre-launch guide that you can follow right there, um, sort of a how-to and a calendar of breaking down the crowdfunding process. Um, marketing, think about marketing. It doesn't have to be marketing as far as like spending many thousands of dollars on getting an agency involved, but that might mean getting your popcorn pitch clear. Talk to friends and family and ask them, okay, here's my popcorn pitch. Does that make sense? Show them a draft of your campaign page ahead of time, get feedback. Those people, even though you might not want to hear it, have really, really good insight into how strangers are going to interpret your content. An email list is also pretty critical. For some reason, email is still the most popular way to raise funds on crowdfunders, the return on investment. So what I like to do is get a spreadsheet going and just comb my email for anyone that I think would be touched by my film in any way and put their first name and put their email address and remember, okay, when I launch, I'm going to let them know. This could be former babysitters. It could be neighbors. It could be people that go to your church. It could be old classmates. Don't be too worried about somebody finding it and posing for you to send them a message. I'm not going to say hound them, never that, but just letting them, letting them know you're doing something great and you'd like to invite them to be a part of that community. Um, and then, of course, launching. The average crowdfunder it launches from 30 to 45 days. Longer does not mean better. Longer can sometimes mean people go, oh, I have lots of time to donate, and then they forget. So try to, try to give yourself a realistic timeline. Um, and then, of course, create, create what you were made to create and update your followers. Please, please update the people that helped you. It will help you in keeping momentum for your project but it will also help you if you ever decide to do another crowdfunder and people will feel like you've kept them in the loop. The trust is built up. And then of course, the delivery of your rewards. Now that was like a super fast run through of the process of crowdfunding. If you're thinking timeline, crowdfunding, I would say takes two to three months in prep, a month in your process in like the actual launch, and then consider a month for the, the end result for um, sending out your rewards and updating everybody. If you are someone that is raising for production, 
do not worry if it's going to take another couple of years for you to get your film out. You can still offer that as a reward to your backers. Just let them know, hey, you know, I'm thinking my film might be out in 2026. I promise I'll keep you updated. People are not going to be upset with you if you keep them in the know. Okay, so I hope that I left us a ton of time for questions because I'd much rather hear what you have to say. Thank you for giving me this space. Thanks very much, Eileen. Um, that was really good. Um, I have some questions. <laughs> uh, uh, um, and if anyone else has questions, just put them into the chat there and um, we will ask. Um, so the first thing I wanted to talk, ask about was um, the rewards. So can you talk me through kind of examples of rewards, especially to do with film campaigns? Absolutely. And I'm pulling one off my wall right now. So the rewards might be my absolute favorite part of crowdfunding. And I hope that you all find this too. Rewards do not have to mean a bunch of cheap junk. It can be a way of symbolically connecting your audience to your project, to your vision. So the sky's the limit with that. Sometimes the weirder it is, the more exciting it is for people to donate. There was a crowdfunding campaign that was a potato salad party that was raised thousands and thousands of dollars. The sky just wanted to make potato salad and bring everyone over. I'm not suggesting you make any kind of food and bring everyone over, but just an example, the weird sometimes is really attractive, but also the sentimental. Sorry about the sirens in the background. <laughs> so I personally um, think about, okay, what is the theme of my film? How does the theme of my film help embolden other artists or other businesses? So thinking about that before you launch, is there someone that could donate something a certain number of somethings to my project that could be a reward. Now, and here's my example. I did a film that involved the Icelandic constitution. Now, many of you might know, knitting is a really big deal in Iceland, as it is in many European countries, but knitting. And so this artist does these knit flowers. So one of the rewards was you would get a shadow box of this knit flower from an Icelandic artist. And that was just one way of connecting them to the, the culture and also giving that artist um, a, a bit of a spotlight. So it doesn't have to be all about you. Now going to the promotion side, that artist also shared the link out to their network because it involved them. So you could think about that as sort of the cyclical process. Uh, just to give you some quick other ideas, um, we made lava beads necklace, lava bead necklaces to, um, to offer as a gift. If you don't have material that you wanna send out, you could do experience gifts. Um, you could do uh, a VIP screening of your film, bring people into a beautiful theater, give them champagne, whatever you'd like, and make that a reward. They can invite five of their friends, or we just launched a cookbook, and the cookbook is going to have the chef prepare a bunch of their favorite dishes from the cookbook to a select few in like this beautiful barn. And yeah, so there's there's so many ways that you can think about this. And I would love to think through it with you. So please feel free to contact me if you want more weird ideas. Go through the crowdfunding sites and find some of your favorite campaigns and see what they have offered. This is probably a, a silly question, but would you would most of those gifts be donated or would you sort of maybe or is it horses for courses? Maybe in some cases you might negotiate a deal with somebody or like, as you say, it's a mutually beneficial kind of deal. And yeah. back. 
That's a very good question, Fiona. So you can do both. So let's say that um, we had recently a crowdfunder where um, there was a yoga studio that donated like 10 free yoga sessions, um, but they wanted to make sure that they covered their overhead. So the person, the campaign owner gave, uh, I think like a percentage of each of the, the donations to that person. And, the, and it's all visible. Like you can see clearly on your crowdfunder, anybody that visits, how many people have donated to that tier. Um, so you could do that. Much more often people just donate openly and, and they'll let you know, I only have this many to give. Maybe you have a local restaurant and you hit them up and say, I've come here, you know, for the last 10 years and eaten your cheeseburgers every Friday. Any chance you could give me a couple free meals? And then, then that's a really sweet way of connecting with a, a group, a business that you love and also getting the backers to know your connection to that. Well, I think that's a thing is how do backers relate to you as a human? <laughs> like you're just a human that is creating this beautiful work and you want to connect with others. So if they know that you hound down on a burger every Friday, kind of cute. And they might want to help with that. Also keep in mind if your network is primarily out of your region. So those gifts might not be helpful, those locally based gifts. So if you have the majority of your network in other countries, like we have um, a South Korean illustrator that's going to be launching next week, and the majority of her backers are in the States. So experience gifts like that in person aren't going to be very helpful for her. So she's going to think about things that are very cheap to ship things that are very lightweight or that could be sent through media mail instead of something that would be in person. So it's about, I guess, thinking outside the box and just, I, I suppose there's a way of maybe making the potential donate, uh, uh, donators, donors, sorry, <laughs> um, giving them a little bit of ownership in the project as well, in a way. Um, there's a question here about, um, you mentioned a four month prep timeline. What should be included in prep? Do you want, I know that it's in the handbook, but do you, do you want to sort of just go over it maybe? Yeah, yeah. That, I think that that's an excellent question and I appreciate you wanting to be organized. So in the prep, um, I'm trying to think of a way to condense all of it. So in the prep, you're going to be doing things like creating your campaign video. We just talked about this, all of us, as we were warming up for the call, how important it is as a filmmaker that you have a campaign video. This does not have to be like, epic. It doesn't have to have drone shots and horses. It just has to be a visual way of engaging folks in your story. Often the video is going to be under two minutes. We find that people don't watch past two minutes. Make sure that it's not just a talking head. You probably are the most beautiful person in the world. But I do not want to watch you just talk at the screen for two minutes. So try to think of a way of bringing in maybe behind the scenes footage do you have any storyboards that you could show in your video? Do you have other crew members that you'd like to showcase? Maybe go on location. You know, this is a beautiful way to show sort of the documentary behind the scenes of what you're trying to build. Um, that campaign video will also be key. And when you share this on social media, people don't generally like text, as you might all know. So blocks of text are, are not really friendly in the crowdfunding scene. So try to find a way of bringing motion to your whole campaign. I'm telling you this as part of the pre-launch because it, sometimes for people, this takes a while to create a campaign video that they're feeling comfortable with. So try to start that process as early as you can. Get feedback from your friends and family. Does this make sense? Are you bored? What do I need to change? Give yourself that buffer to make those edits. Um, other parts of your campaign is um, 
Do you have any social media presence? If not, let's start now. Do not wait until the day before your launch to start up these social media accounts. I know all of us have our personal feelings about social media. So try to find a way that it feels authentic to you to utilize social media. I like to use this time to reach out to influencers and to reach out to media and arts orgs that deal with my theme and get those commitments early from them that they'll share your campaign. If you come in desperate, people will tune you out. So try to find a way of speaking to, hey, I saw I'm making a documentary about horses and I don't know why I'm talking about horses so much, but I have a documentary about horses and, and you seem to really love horse illustrations. Maybe you think about sharing my campaign or maybe you would think about doing an Instagram live with me where we could both nerd out about horses. Try to find a way of authentically connecting with them and making them excited about your project and keep track of it. Lorraine, you had such a good question. Keep track of it. Write down, okay, this person about the horses, recontact them in two weeks because you're going to forget. There's just too many things that are going to be in front of you. Um, the next part of setting up your campaign is getting your email list together. This doesn't mean buying an email list from Google. It will do you no good to buy an email list that will just flag you as spam. Try to start reaching out to other arts organizations that maybe have a beautiful newsletter. Give them content early on. I'm sure, Fiona, you can attest that if you get stuff last minute, you've already booked out your newsletter far in advance. You need that stuff early. The same thing goes with the press. Talk to the press early on so that they have the content and they can figure out when to slot you in, you know, so that it's not happening after your campaign is over. Those are the kind of things that when you're dealing with humans responding to you, you need to have a bit of time and buffer space because everyone's got their lives and their busyness. Um, and then, of course, your campaign page design. Some people, this means a lot to them in setting up this well and designing it well. I personally like to just use Canva free to help me uh, create visualizations. But please, please, if I can just put one thing out there, do not give blocks of text. You can, you'll see when you go on to crowdfunders, these beautiful campaigns that just, it was because they just didn't put the visual love into it, the page. That was one of the reasons. So please make sure that the visual sense that you have for your project comes through. Have a bit of a bio about you, maybe a photo of you and your team, maybe a photo of you petting your dog to show that you're a very kind person. Uh, maybe a photo of you eating the burger that you love every Friday. Also show visualizations of the rewards. So I think this is a really great way for you to communicate the layers of your process um, deeper to your audience. Thank you. And you're not going to believe me. I tr I know you're all not going to believe me that it takes four months, but I it totally will. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, it's Rosemary Foley just has a question here as well. Have you recommend a recommended time frame for crowdfunders? Are the successful projects long term and continual or do the short and sweet campaigns work just as well? Oh, and I have to call out. This is my best friend. We are best friends from across the ocean. This is my best friend that's in Ireland right now. Um, so awesome question. The The recommended time frame is actually 30 days. It doesn't mean that it has to be a hard 30 days, but for specifically working with Indiegogo, you can ask for an extension. You could also look at extending your campaign into in-demand, they call it. And we can go into that further later, but um, start off a little short and sweet, like Rosemary said, that 
you want to like give people a sense of urgency. If you make it too long, people are going to forget that your campaign exists. But also don't don't do something that's just like a week because most people are on holiday or, you know, they've got other things going on. So they will forget to to act on it or maybe they didn't open your email yet. Um, I'm just going to go back to sort of so you're, you're putting your campaign out there, you're putting your idea out there and um. I'm just wondering, are there any kind of legal watchouts that you should be aware of when you're going into to this? So you're like, um, in terms of copyright or, uh, I hate to go there, it's something that would work. Yeah. You have, and you're so smart to go there because otherwise you'll break your own heart. You'll do all this work and this one dumb thing will get you flagged or in, in trouble. So Maybe you're thinking, oh, I'd love to do a, re a reward and I accidentally put, you know, uh, I don't know, baby shark on a T-shirt and sent that out as a cute thing, but I don't have the copyright to it. So that could get flagged by someone visiting your site. And unfortunately, that will pause your campaign and possibly really harm the momentum. So we're happy to look through things. If you have any questions about is this copyright, is this not, will this, you know, flag? Um I guess just the rule of thumb, the same as us filmmakers. Did you get any kind of documentation to support that you have the right to show that? Is this Creative Commons? Um, did you make this? If And please, if you have art from a friend, make sure that they know. They probably love you and want their art on your on your page or in your in your story. But just check with them and try to get it written down somewhere that they said, yeah, that's okay to use my art. Um, oh, I, I could also... That I it just helped me remember too. That same thing goes with music. Make sure that you have the copyright for your video music, because unfortunately, you know, you have to upload your video to YouTube for it to be on Indiegogo and I believe Kickstarter. So YouTube will automatically flag music that's copyrighted, and so then you'll have this weird video without music. And would you note somewhere on the page as well that if there's something copyrighted, or would that be just if it was at the assistance? or insistence of the person allowing you to use it, or does, would that vary? Mm -hmm. Do you mean like if somebody had noticed it, would then it get taken down? Well, no, say for example, when you're publishing it, would you acknowledge copyright or ownership of copyright, or would you just... I'm probably overcomplicating it now, but... Oh, no, I appreciate it. And I can tell that you're an excellent filmmaker being like making sure that we've got this covered. Um, I I can't say for sure how much that puts you in the clear if you acknowledge it, mm. because you are making money from that. So even acknowledging it, you you still are showing that you're raising revenue and they're involved in it. So somebody could find a bug about that. Okay. So it's just, Okay. Um, so um, Mary Fox is wondering, um, are there any platforms that you'd re recommend plugging into in terms oh, um, of technology? Oh, where, where, where? well, I mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say Indiegogo is a very, very lovely crowdfunding site. Uh, there's an initiative right now for Indiegogo to really focus on helping artists specifically. So we we have um, the opportunity to actually give you free campaign strategy support and marketing help um, once you launch. So that could be um, having placement in the, uh, the arts-focused newsletter or prominent uh, focus spotlight on the carousel on our front page. These are the kind of things that could happen for artists um, through Indiegogo. 
that is the, the crowdfunding platform I would highly suggest. But as far as technology for us artists that we need to use um, that, that could help us in the process, Canva, I'm not, I'm not paid by any of these other organizations, I will tell you. These are just ones that I love. Um, Canva has a really free, lovely way to design your visual assets. This is great if you're trying to show like, um, uh, if you're trying to show your budget, if you're trying to show your timeline, if you're trying to have some sort of uniformity in your page design, it's a really great way. Also a very lovely way for you to batch create social media content. Because once you launch, we haven't talked about this, but once you launch, you wanna make sure that you show life on your social media site. Make sure people know, hey, the campaign is still going. How many days are left? Here's something really cool that we just released as a new reward. And Canva can be a way of keeping your design uniform there. Um, let's see, what other things? Some folks really like to sign up for like Clavio or MailChimp to organize your email subscribers. That's a good way to also see, are people feeling super annoyed by your messages? <laughs> are people unsubscribing, making sure that you don't get flagged so the messages you really want to get through can get through? Um, I don't I don't tell you one way or another which one is better, uh, but they, they both have been fine in my experience. Um, let's see, I personally use Google Suite quite a lot because it lets me have the spreadsheets and um, presentation tools and documents that are all can be nested in one folder so I can share that with my team. But I know that, you know, there's lots of iterations like that. There's Asana, A-S-A-N-A, which also has free tools. And that is a great um, task organizer. And you can share that with your team. And little unicorns go shooting across the screen when you finish a task. So I, I'm sure that will help all of us. Uh, yeah, so my, my key is whatever is the system that isn't super new to you because you don't want to be learning a new technology amidst your campaign. We're trying to keep your stress level as low as possible, keep you energized. Um, so use what you know, use what your friends that are on your team are familiar with so that you can all work fluidly. You kind of mentioned earlier in demand. Can you uh, expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. So in demand is... If your campaign reaches 100% of its goal, you're eligible for what's called in-demand. Now, if your goal is $2,000 or $200,000, that is not, it does not matter what the dollar amount is. It's that percentage-wise, you've reached 100% of your goal. In-demand will convert your website, your campaign page into sort of a storefront. That will be a, um, a static, or not static, but it will be a live place where you can continue to get backers and um, generate revenue and release any new iterations of your project. So maybe you have some behind the, behind the scenes footage or a longer cut, or maybe you want to invite everybody to a special screening. This is a way to still communicate with your backers and show new rewards that come out and also passively continue to raise revenue, even though your campaign's over. I think this is important or valuable for us filmmakers who have gotten press that people find later. So what could happen is somebody might run across your article a month after your campaign's over and go, oh, well, I would have donated to that. So in-demand is an opportunity where people can still donate to that. And we've seen some campaigns double their revenue from running an in-demand as what they did in their campaign phase. 
That's amazing. And it's only if you manage to reach your uh, 100% of your goal, is it? And after it's over. And isn't that another like uh, another tribute to like why you should keep your goal modest? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> hey, ah, I see you. <laughs> um, uh, there's a question here from Caroline Cray. Um, is AI changing the way people create campaigns? I think so. And I, you know, I'm one voice of many, but I personally find that it's helping us because um, I think one of the hardest parts that I see with campaigners is getting started. So you can use AI to sort of make sense of the jumbledness of what you want your campaign to say. So you could instruct it using the example of other crowdfunding campaigns, excuse me, construct a construct a bio on my crowdfunding page or you know I don't want to give you too much lead into this because I don't know if it's conflicting for some of you but I will say that I think AI has been really great at supporting some of the redundancies that we have to go through in crowdfunding um, page layout is a helpful one constructing your emails is another so um, when you send out your emails to any backers you want to make sure that they're short and sweet and that they're thankful and that they they have your link. So maybe that's a good way to take the paragraph of things you'd like to say and get the AI to make that into two sentences. I hope, Carolyn, is that that your question, right? I think so. Okay. Are there any common mistakes that filmmakers should avoid when running a crowdfunding campaign? (laughs) Yes, yes, simply. Uh, Okay, yes, where do we start? Uh, not giving yourself enough lead-in time, not giving yourself enough time for prep, thinking that if I build it, they will come. That is not going to work. You have to nurture your community ahead of time. The crowdfunding platforms are a great baseline and a place to to show people what your idea is, but it is not a place that just is going to generate these funds for you on its own. You have to really work it and make sure people know that it exists explain to people why you're doing what you're doing. So first, build your build your community. Build your community, let everyone know what's going to happen. Build some kind of momentum for your launch. Second, make sure you have rewards that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg. I made a mistake once of offering rewards of jam jars and people across the sea ordered it and it cost me way more than they donated. So try to think about what are your rewards costing you? Um, third, making sure that you have feedback on both your video and your page. Get friends and family to look at the drafts. Listen to them. They love you. Take their feedback. Um, reach out to media and influencers way ahead of time. Make sure that they're very clear on your idea and ask them point blank, could you give me some sort of coverage on my campaign or my idea? Um, Don't have a page full of text. Make sure there's visualizations. Make sure you have a video. These things, as simple as they are, will kill your campaign if you don't have it. Update backers during the process. Write people more than once. If you email everyone you love and you only see that you've got $2, either something's wrong with your email service and you need to troubleshoot, or you caught them at the wrong time. Try a different time of day. Try a different day. Try texting people. Try all the different mediums that you can to get to the people that want to support you. 
test those early as you can so you're not in the last hour hustling to get everyone to support your campaign. Um, and reach out to me. I'm here for you. I'm being paid to help you. So please come and talk to me. And I have a whole team of beautiful, wonderful people that want to also see the arts succeed. So we have the infrastructure right now to support that. Come find us. I think that's that's the list for now, but I promise you the guide will give you much more like point blank examples of how to help yourself. Great. Um, I think we might've covered this already, but I just maybe just wanted to focus in a bit more on just the importance of transparency and communications with backers throughout the process. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, one of the ways that you can get extra revenue to, or more backers to your campaign is building trust. If people have trust in you, they're more likely to donate more and they're more likely to be repeat donors. If you have another crowdfunder later, they're also more likely to share the campaign because it's clear and they trust that you're gonna come through. So try, even though we wanna promise the world, try to be realistic about what you're promising. Don't tell people that you can send them a reward in a month. If really you know that you might actually need a year, people will be much more understanding if you give that buffer space upfront. Transparency about, um, have you had some big fumbles in your career? Do you not have the most beautiful reputation? Should you maybe address that a little bit? Hey, I fumbled, I'm, I'm back, but here's what I'm trying to do to show trust and, and make my career shine. You know, people are going to find you. They're gonna find out what you're all about on their own. Try to give them an opportunity to, to run your own narrative, I guess I, I'd say, but maybe that's more in the marketing sphere. Um, transparency about, the money that's the thing i get asked a lot how much should i be transparent about the funding goal i think it's good to show that you've done your research and you can be vague with that saying you know pre-production is going to cost me sixty thousand. uh production is going to cost me one hundred eighty thousand. just showing like a graph of generalized you can be as vague as that but do address it in some way because i find backers come to a page that's asking for I don't know, let's say $80,000 and they go, oh man, that's, that's a lot of money. And if they're not in the film world, maybe they don't know that films cost that much. So use this as an opportunity to break down that, that um, knowledge barrier. Hey, films cost this much. The average film costs this much. Did you know that? Fun fact. And we've already raised this much from this grant showing, hey, a grant already believed in me, but we need more. And you know, those are the kind of things that you could do to open yourself up to your backer community to build that trust. Right. So I guess it's kind of like it's marketing. I suppose it's um, crafting a story, I guess, because I was like immediately I went to would you show a complete budget? No, you wouldn't because that's boring. So, but, so it's how it's. It's more about putting a story together, isn't it? Or... That's a beautiful way to say that. Oh, I, I wish that I had said it that way. That's much better. Yes, use your storytelling ability, my friends, to craft your story of your campaign. Absolutely, that's it. And do you, would you have any advice on creating a compelling narrative that, that would bring? Sure. Oh, okay, let me think. Um, okay. I'll give you just an example from my own existence in this world. I, I said, friends, family, loved ones, far and wide, 
I have been sleeping on my sister's couch and eating beans for the last two months, working on this film that I love more than anything. And as I'm not asking you to start helping me buy caviar, what I am hoping is that you can help me pay the people that are helping me make this film come to life because they deserve to be paid. Here's how much I need to pay these people well. So I brought in some of my weirdness and some of my humor and real life existence in, in that like struggle world. Um, that's one way that you can pose the narrative. Another is um, what is the cause? If you're doing a film that has some sort of social ego cause, talk a little bit about that. Hey, we're doing a film about whaling because this many whales are harmed every year and this is how it's hurting the environment. And I think we could make a difference by showing the world what's happening here. And I want to tell it through my lens. Will you help me? And we're partnering with this um, this eco uh, team to, to show that message globally. You know, so find a way of translating your story in whatever way and your reason for doing this story into your budget narrative. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm just kind of getting back to, and I think you have touched on this a lot, but say, for example, if you're somebody who doesn't have a huge social network or a fan base, how could you go about sort of, or have you seen, can you name examples of how people manage to extend beyond their own local network or their own network? Absolutely. And and that's not an uncommon situation where maybe we only have a handful of folks that we can think of to reach out to. So that's where your prep is going to come in handy. Start reaching out to local businesses or pe businesses that um, relate to your theme or you as a person. Reach out to influencers that do have the network. Reach out to your um, arts organizations. If you're um, if you're in film, start reaching out to beautiful organizations like yours. <laughs> reach out to every organization that would be happy and proud to share your message and just give them lots of time to think about how they would want to get that out to their backers. Um, I don't personally subscribe much to paid marketing, um, except for maybe doing a couple ads on social media to drive people to your campaign page. You can test that out, but don't, don't be too afraid to do a crowdfunder thinking that you have to shell out thousands of dollars for it to work. Because you're in the arts, people want to support art if they know you exist. Um, one thing I like to do is gamify ambassadors. So you can elect certain people that are your friends and say, okay, friends, this week, how many people can um, get new backers to my campaign? And whoever wins is going to get a pint or whatever you want to say. Or I'll wear a chicken on my head or a chicken hat and run down the street. Like, whatever you can do to get your friends to rally around the idea of helping you and constantly remind them, okay, we're one week from launching. Here's who I'm going to be asking to help me. Here's the link and the blurb. Make it super easy for people to help you. That's my answer to if you don't already have a huge established network, how you can start to mobilize people ahead of time. Okay. Um, we have a question as well in the chat. Um, are there places we can go to find what hints like theme or keywords we can use? Um, are there any successful campaigns we can go look at specifically for short films? Oh, for short films. Hmm. I don't have any short films on deck at this moment, but if you go into, for example, Indiegogo, you can go into the arts category and search by um, 
trending and most funded. You can also look at just launched or just ended, uh, most successful, and you can get an idea of how some of those campaigns have gone. You know, I could call out one note that maybe you would like. It's not a short film, but it is a film. It's called Human Kindness, and it's a documentary on um, uh, animal welfare. And they started off as just a team of two very modestly, but they did an amazing job at updating backers to your question about transparency. And I think that that is a key reason that they succeeded, is they were very good at keeping people energized. They had what's called stretch goals. So let's say you reach 100% of your goal midway through your campaign. What are you going to do? If you have an extra um, reward that maybe you could release and encourage people to continue backing. So you can go way, way beyond your 100% goal. And so if that happens, I guess you 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 celebrate about it on social media you and then you figure out how to build on that success and you you start posting it again pushing it out again yeah yep and you and do you said the best word celebrate make sure that you're taking pause to celebrate because all those people watching in you know they deserve the thanks and also people need to have a little bit of fomo you know why didn't i donate yet what are all these other people excited about and um Say, like, alongside, like, um, crowdfunding, are there any other funding sources that would work that, that you've seen used in association? I have really enjoyed combining in-person events with crowdfunders. And I had mentioned it only briefly earlier, but I think that it's really exciting to do an in-person launch party to gather the in-person spirit, but that also is a... I mean, who's going to come to your launch party and not donate? And then you've all of a sudden sort of created this hive of ambassadors. People have gotten to be with you in person and see your smile and see your energy and dedication. And then they're going to go out for the rest of your campaign and care about you reaching your goal. So that's one way I've seen it combined. We've also been um, seeing a lot of arts organizations showcase crowdfunding for gap funding. So maybe you got the initial funding to start your script, but you don't have the funding to go into production. Crowdfunding is an awesome way to do that because you can say, look, we've already gotten support for our script um, and we've been able to develop this much so we can tell you about our story and show that people are already behind us. But we need to get to this next part. And wouldn't it be a shame if we got this far and couldn't finish our film? So those are the, the kind of combos I've seen. Um. There's another question from Mary. Do you think covering in print and more traditional media translates well to encouraging people to actually support your film or would we be better off sticking to digital platforms? Mary, that's a really good question too. Um, I think I like to try it on. So I try to reach out to whoever is going to give me a little bit of spotlight on my campaign, but Think about your audience. Is your audience in an area where crowdfunding might be something that they would engage in? You know, if you're in a population that's not really interested in using a lot of online media, maybe that's not the place to put your effort. Um, making sure that, yeah, if you do, if they do have print, do they also have a digital version? If they have a digital version, do they have the link to your campaign? Finding ways for easy access there. Um, that would be, I know it's super vague for me to say it like that, but I think you just do some digging on who your audience actually is. Like 
you don't want it going out to a region of people that are just going to look at it and go, oh, well, that, that's kind of strange and flip to the next page when you could have maybe been working with an influencer that talks directly to your community. I have seen um, as far as media when it comes to social issues. So if you have something that's like a social justice issue, finding publications that do a lot of coverage on that, they already have that audience caring about that topic. That might be an instance where print is a great choice. And um, how important is finding a hook or what can you do to stand out? Hmm. I think just the mere fact that it's your, oh, sorry. It's just because it's your voice, you've got your hook. So how can you show people that you are the person to tell this story? How can you show them that you have something different to say? And that's your hook. Mobilizing the people that already love you is the most, to me, most important baseline. Make sure everyone that loves you knows that you're doing this and that they're going to be supporting and sharing your campaign on day one. And that will lift the energy for other people to go, oh, wait a minute, what are they doing over here? This is really cool. Um, If you want to throw some ideas by me, again, you're welcome to email me and I can help you with the, the framing of your narrative of your campaign. Okay, I'm just going to wrap, start wrapping up now. And I've got two final questions. <laughs> the first one is kind of sort of, I guess, a recap of everything. So could, could you maybe just condense down the key elements of a successful crowdfunding campaign in a couple of uh, seconds? Just sure. Okay, here we go. Everything so you a key... shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so in its simplest form, a crowdfunding campaign that is well-prepared and has a team of people to help you stands a much better chance. And a team can just be friends, family, uh, but people that are ready to share your campaign link, that it could be press, influencers, et cetera. Make sure that you have an arsenal of amazing folks ready to share on day one. Make sure you don't have blocks of text. Please, please, please translate that into visuals in some kind of great way. Please do a video. Do everything that you can to get things done early so that you can get feedback because things that might make sense to you are super weird to other folks and you want to be clear. Otherwise, people will check out. Engage during your campaign. Do not just stop communicating after day one. Make sure you're sending updates and thank yous. Make sure that you're sending reminders to anyone that wanted to help you. Please, you know, we only have 10 days left. Now's the day. Um, Think about engaging fun, keyword fun, rewards that you can offer folks. Um, And then don't overpromise. Make sure that what you offer backers as far as rewards and your timeline of delivery is realistic and give yourself buffer room because life happens. That I think is it in a nutshell. Brilliant. Um, I lied. I I have actually have two more questions. One of them I've got. (laughs) So would you kind of update everyone every day? Would you try and do a, at least one update a day or would you would you only update uh, uh, as things happen? What's the best way? That's a good question too. I think if you have the the if you have the energy to update every day that's of course lovely. You can update on your crowdfunder page itself and you can update through social media. What I would warn against is redundancy of format. Try really hard to not put the same kind of content. Don't just blast them with your video every day and say, please donate. 
you know, people are going to tune you out. Also, the algorithm is going to start to shut you out. So try to have it refreshing content. Maybe it's behind the scenes. Maybe it's media coverage of your idea or just you doing something funny or weird every day. Give people something new to come back to. Okay. And finally, what's your personal favorite Indiegogo project? Do you have one? Oh, <laughs> oh it's like saying, who's your favorite child? I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I, I definitely don't have a favorite because everybody's got their own vision that I think is so beautiful and I'm so honored to watch and be a part of. I can tell you one that I'm co- that's coming up that I'm really excited about. And the artist's name is Hen, H-E-N-N, Kim, K-I-M. And she is a South Korean black and white illustrator that is gorgeous work. It's she, Her work is just so enchanting. She's going to use a crowdfunder to fund her first solo exhibit in South Korea. So she's using it to empower herself and her community to finally just like kind of do it on her own terms. And I, I implore you to check it out after this call. You can look her up. She's got a pre-launch page already. She's going to be launching, I believe, on July 11th. Um, her video is gorgeous. The way she's laid out the page is gorgeous. And her social media following um, is really excited about this. That's brilliant. So that's Han Kin, H-A-N-N. That's right. Great. All right. Thank you very much, Eileen. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a total pleasure. I appreciate it. It's. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. <laughs> really good luck, everyone. If you'd like to support Women in Film and Television Ireland or follow the work we do, log on to wft.ie.